So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to DTFF, everyone. Happy Tuesday evening. I am excited to be here. We have a noise and toy episode for you this evening. Talking tight ends. Oh, who doesn't like a good tight end discussion? <laughs> Arguably the noisest, toitest episode in our history, Dustin. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And how are you doing this evening, Jake? I'm doing toy. I'm doing You're exceptionally toy. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if I'm noise, but I'm definitely toy. Uh, that's not going to get old at all for no. listeners. No, I'm doing I'm doing great, man. We have uh, a lot to look forward to this week. Super Bowl, obviously, mm-hmm. coming up this obviously. weekend. But you and I are outside of the football realm. We were just talking about we're going to a show tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, of the, the Smartless podcast, which, you know, after you're done listening to this podcast, I think listeners should go listen to that podcast. Absolutely. Yes. Great podcast. Was it Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes? and will arnett will arnett god i suck i listen to it so much i know all their names so well uh <laughs> but no it's it's a great funny non-football related podcast if you want something like a palate cleanser it's a perfect yeah. one yeah 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 uh but obviously we're we're a palate cleanser or mm-hmm. are we more of a no we're we're like an amuse bouche we're like the pre-appetizer right we're, we're, we're just the single bite <laughs> yes amuse bouche literally translates to single bite Okay. I mean, yeah, that's that's so, fair. So we're just we're just the one bite appetizer. Yeah, I'm more of like an amuse douche. I think it's a little bit different. No arguments here. <laughs> you're just <laughs> you're supposed to stick up for me when I talk down to myself, Dustin. You're you're a one bite douche. <laughs> nice. A fun size douche. You're a fun size douche. Yeah, you're like little Halloween uh, candy douche. <laughs> so ridiculous already but we're i think we're already just like buffering time knowing that we have to talk about tight ends here from the past season and get into the nitty-gritty with that at least that's what i'm doing uh so do we want to push it off a little bit longer and talk about what we drink it yeah let's do it so this was Uh, provided by you jake you know tell us about it yeah i really do i thought we'd had this on the podcast but you said earlier that we you don't think we did so i'm sticking with your word here i don't recall this beer but i drink a lot so maybe we have and i just don't remember i don't know i love this beer if we haven't had on a podcast we've definitely had it just out and about it's uh by a company called whole hog it's the Casper White Stout. It's a very interesting beer. Like, it's it's wintertime, so we like the stouts. This is much different. I don't know what makes it a white stout, what that actually... But it's clear. It's It looks like a friggin' ale, but it's not a friggin' ale. Yeah, this tastes like... Uh, doesn't taste much like a white stout. It tastes more like a like a cream ale or like a... Mm. With, with, like, vanilla in it. I think it literally tastes like a cream soda. Straight yeah. up like a freaking cream soda. I, I love it's, it. It's good. Are you a fan? It's it's good. It's definitely good, but I don't know that I would say it's a white stout. Typically, okay. white stouts they still have that kind of roasty flavor to it without the the dark color, and that's why it's still gotcha. categorized under the, the the stout name. This doesn't have any like roasty coffee flavors. It's just vanilla. I think you need to send a strongly worded letter to Whole Hog expressing your disbelief that this is a white stout. You're gonna have to ask for proof. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad beer. It's very drinkable. Very good. What do you, what, what, it's what, it's what, done what, well. What do you but give I just, it? What do you give it out of five? 
I'd say three and a quarter. Okay. All right. It's above That's average. Great. I'm going to once again be on the higher end. I'll give it a solid four and a quarter. I really like this beer. Nice. I'm, I'm a big fan. But yeah. I also really like cream soda. So that tracks. Oh, cream soda is delicious. Let's be honest. Such a, I'm such a basic bitch. I love me some cream soda. Yeah, cream soda beer. float? Just, oh. Next next week, we should, instead of having beer, we should just have cream soda floats. I'm going to make it. Is it okay if I still now. stick with root beer? Yeah, that's fine. Do root beer float? Yeah, I'm going to be that guy. I do. I've, i got to yeah. track me down in A&W, though, first. <laughs> Dubuque, Iowa, baby! Dubuque, Iowa. It's the only have those uh, root beer floats. Fresh A&W root beer. Mm. Shout out to Dubuque. Go across the bridge and get you some. Uh, do we want to talk about the Super Bowl here? <laughs> I feel like we should talk about the Super Bowl a little. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Hold on. Real quick. In the chat, Angie Spencer says red cream soda. I've never had. Ooh. I've never had, Angie. Where is this from? How do I get my hands on this? I know. I've never I will. heard of this either. It sounds wonderful. But I don't know what that really means. Maybe it's like the white stout thing. See, it's white stout, red cream soda. It's all about mixing and matching your perceptions here. Apparently, it's it's the it's the blow the mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's mind blowing beverages. That's what the theme of this episode truly is. Apparently, <laughs> well, we can get it in Ohio. Angie says so. That's oh, nice. That's good to know. Might have well, to send out for some red cream soda. Uh, or when we go to the expo uh, this <sighs> upcoming summer, we're gonna pit stop all the way along until we find this goddamn red cream soda touche fantasy football expo coming up later this summer that will be a side stop for sure yes. uh you know who might end up in canton one day dustin Segway. joe burrow quarterback for the cincinnati bengals if twitter is to believe it right now because it's maximum hype for for joey b oh and i'm fully on board with it yeah, i love the feel good story of, I'm, I'm totally rooting for the Bengals here i'm not gonna lie uh, I've been rooting for them throughout the playoffs uh, from the AFC side, obviously. Uh, it's it's good that they're finally there. They're finally doing something after years of being terrible. Like it's yeah. and it's hard not to like them. Like they got such a young, young team. They're full of pluck. I I, 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 I like it. Yeah, they got Moxie, got the swag. I, I, I just love it. I, I hope they win that. that that's going to be my rooting team. This this Super Bowl. I hope that they win so that Joey B can go out and buy an endless supply of starter jackets. Uh, I'm sure he could already, but I think, you know, just having that extra liquidity might help him stock Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the pantry. And just think of of all the cigars he could, uh, hold in the pocket, in the front pocket there. (laughs) I mean, it is the nonstop. (laughs) So I think we have rooting interest in it for that reason. I would be okay either way if the Rams won, because, Look, I know we've had our issues, our ups and downs with Matt Stafford as mm-hmm. Packers fans here, but seeing him go on and prosper on a team, he does deserve it after he having does. to carry the bullshit load in Detroit for so long. Mm-hmm. He It'd does. be nice for him to get that. No, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but if I have to choose a team, it's going to be the Bengals. But feelings aside, Jake, who do you really think is going to win? Not who do you hope is going to win, but who do you think is going to win? If I think truly, it's the Rams. Uh, because I'm, I, this is the matchup that I'm scared about for the Bengals offensive line. I know we talked about in previous episodes, like Joey Burrow has done incredible things despite a pretty mm-hmm. ramshackle offensive line, but having to go up against the Rams defensive front is not quite like anything that they've had to do thus far. So if nothing else, I really want a close game. I would not be shocked though if this ends up like a 31 to 10 kind of semi blowout Ooh, that's rough i hope it's not that i oh, it's hard to say i like again i'm trying to take my feelings out of this because i still want the Bengals to win and i feel like they they they're on a roll right now mm-hmm. and, and they've got the they've got that that confidence 
that they can go in and actually win this. Chugging, but I do think along. end of the day, Rams do have the home field advantage. They're playing in their home stadium this year. So I do think that that ultimately the Rams will win it. Uh, you know, McVay's got two weeks here to really game plan for one team. So I, I think he's going to come out with some stuff we haven't seen yet. And I do think that defense is going to come ready to play. One fantasy question for you here before we move on into our, you know, other other areas of interest. Dark out. After this. What? What's oh, in the wrong, world? Wrong, wrong fantasy genre. Sorry. Oh, my God. Uh, you know what? Maybe you're the amuse douche. Now that I think about this. No, fantasy question after the Super Bowl. I'm just seeing news dork. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, after the Super Bowl, any I feel like any team that performs well in the Super Bowl or any player that performs well in the Super Bowl has this ridiculous value that most players don't on your fantasy roster. So from a Mm -hmm. dynasty perspective, let's say that somebody, and let's take a real stab in the dark here and say somebody like Tyler Boyd goes off in this game. Just goes off in this game. That's the last image, essentially, from the season mm-hmm. that people are left with. Is that the time where you just automatically move off of players like that in your leagues and try to sell for maximum value? It's cheap answer here. It's team dependent. Um, I know. But for someone like Tyler Boyd, yes. I mean, typically, on uh, you know, my teams, he's like my third or fourth wide receiver. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if I could sell him and get you know, first plus for him. Uh, absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm thinking more of like, what, what about say like Cooper cup after the season he had this year? Uh-huh. And, and we all know he's a stud and, and we expect more of the same, at least next year, maybe the next couple years, but say he balls out and has like 10 receptions for like 160 yards and like two touchdowns, you know? So like a and, normal and, Cooper cup day, but, but, the, but like you said, because it's the super bowl and like so many people are watching it. I mean, do you sell Cooper cup then and just you like get like two first for him and well, or, a, I or think like you a, can already get that for him pre super bowl. I think you can get two first for Cooper cup right now. So my, my opinion wouldn't be changed of a star player like okay. him. That's why I was curious to ask because it is still player dependent. Like, you know, everybody has strong uh, opinions right now about a mm-hmm. lot of these star players. I think it's more interesting to ask the other way. If a star player has a dud game in the Super Bowl, and that's the image people are left with. If Matt Stafford goes out there and just duds for some reason. If Jamar Chase goes out there and for some reason duds. Do you then take that advantage, or is there even advantage, to if- get those guys at a value? If there was a dip in value at that point, I would go after any of the, you know, key offensive pieces. I mean, especially someone like Stafford. I mean, Chase, I don't think that's going to happen, honestly. Or like Cooper Cup, Higgins. Like if any of them throw up a dud like Joe Mixon, I don't see a dip for any of them. I don't. But maybe like I could see like Matt Stafford if he struggles just because of the stigma around his career. If there was a dip and an opportunity to buy, especially in like a super flex league as like your number two quarterback. That would, I would, I would love that. I I would try to make that happen. I like that. Let's put a pin in this conversation for next week after the Super Bowl and see if there's any players for us that fit that mold that we can talk about then and maybe have a little mini, uh, you know, trade high, trade low Mm -hmm. type of conversation there. Super Bowl edition. Yes. I like that. Super Bowl edition. But, you know, uh, before we get to that, we have a lot of episode left. And Mm -hmm. before we get to the lot of the rest of our episode, I want to talk about my favorite segment yeah the trunk trade of the week let's do it drunk 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 dr
drunk trade of the week. Apologies to uh, Reddit users Quattro Bacon one through three because this week's submission comes from the one and only Quattro Bacon four on Reddit. That's right. Uh, they say needed space to add. So that a that literally translates to four bacon four. Four bacon four, baby. Uh, I think huh. that's uh, a new menu item on Wendy's, hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, now, a little context here. So this was during the season, and this was a redraft leak. I'm going to preface this by saying this is really just a fun one that we get to sit back and laugh at. I'm not expecting hardcore analysis off this, but let's just enjoy it while we can here. So they say, needed space to add a kicker. Red flag number one. Was pretty loaded all over. Now, they're saying this from a team perspective. I'm thinking maybe up here in Glug Glug as well, because right. they traded Joe Mixon and Jalen Waddle for Antonio Gibson. That's it for oh. right now. What do you think about that? That's awful. Uh, that's just awful. I mean, I, I guess what point of the season are we looking at here? I wish there was like what week this was, because if it's like early in the season. Oh, oh. Oh, oh yeah. No. Oh, yeah. So this was submitted right after about week four. Okay. So fairly early in the season yet. Uh, still doesn't make it that much better. I mean, you really have that much depth on your team that you can't afford to drop one player or an extra defense or something to pick up a kicker. I can't yeah. imagine you have that many studs that there's not one player you're like, I can drop this guy. You, you know, should never in, especially force in a redraft leave. Yeah, you should never force yourself into this kind of trade for something silly like that. Like you're saying, there has to be other alternatives. I don't have the full roster here in Say front of me. But tight end, maybe? To... I mean, there's got to be something you can trade away. Like your Anybody. seventh wide receiver? Like, yeah. I mean... You couldn't have you couldn't have dropped you know a Van Jefferson type to to make this happen. Right. You couldn't have. Or, or chances Tyler are Boyd. Chances are they would have been there the next week. Yeah, it's very weird. Now, even with our admitted Joe Mixon hatred, I'm glad to hear we're on the same page. And I know we both liked Antonio Gibson a fair bit mm -hmm. coming into the season, too. Absolutely. And maybe at this point, they weren't a believer in Waddle because it took, you know, a it few weeks. It took a little bit for him to get going, yeah. And Absolutely. to stay steady and consistent and all mm -hmm. that. So I can appreciate it, but my goodness. So the tail end of this, after the trade is made, then Derrick Henry went down and my season collapsed. Yeah, because yeah. you traded away <laughs> up here. Uh, or you traded away, you know, potential studs for this weird move to just free up a roster spot. Well, I didn't even mention that. Like, the value <laughs> should almost be inverse. Like, again, Mixon over Gibson for us, even at that point in the season, mm -hmm. right? So it's just, oh, it's so much mind-blower. Now, they finish it off, at least, with an acknowledgement. No, I don't know why I made that trade. And yes, it haunts me as I lose my fourth straight game. At the time of submission, they were still working their way through the season. And it didn't work out. Well, yeah, that should haunt you, because that was awful. It's going to haunt you all off-season. Sorry, four bacon four. It's uh, That, that was a just terrible trade. We haven't had a bad one like that for quite some time. I know. I think people were uh. nervous <laughs> about submitting their worst <laughs> traits. So from that perspective, for Bacon 4, we salute you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for submitting that. All right. Should we do this? Get into our tight end discussion Let's here? Let's do it. I'm excited. Just rip or the band-aid off and excitement do it. At least. You betcha. All right. So um, I guess we'll basically just go through the top 12, our consensus top 12, throw in some other guys in there that we want to talk about afterwards. 
But a um, couple hits, couple misses, as we tend to do, we're not perfect. What? Shock. I know. So we Especially had with tight ends. Yeah, we had Travis Kelsey as our consensus number one, finish number two overall. So uh, I'd say that's a pretty good hit. Pretty safe. Yep. And then we that. had Darren Waller as our number two, finished points for game number six, but overall 17th. Yes, there was. Uh, uh, I totally Indeed. lost my train of thought because of the, the chat. Sorry. Um, <laughs> he can't do two things at once. I can't. Because uh, the injuries. Well, the injuries pop Yeah, up. the injury. Yes, yeah. that's that's what I meant to say. Um, so I think we probably would have been fine, assuming he didn't get injured, because he was very high, six overall for points per game. So I, I feel like that trend would have continued, and he would have finished much higher. Uh, probably. Next, probably. So you're not, just to put a pin on this, you're not worried about him for next year? Um, not extremely worried. I probably won't have him. He'll probably be like my number four, number five tight end when things are all said and done. I don't consider him part of that like top three elite anymore. Oh, okay. So but that is a, I mean, that's a fair movement then. It's yeah. What I have him as my item three overall going in. So I mean, drop him a you know couple positions. Yeah. But I feel like a couple of spots drop for a tight end is much different than a couple of spots dropping for a wide receiver, say, mm-hmm. because yeah. the differential is so great at this position where it's like, you know, by the time we get down to number five or six on the tight end list, you're already like, well, I'm really missing out on the top points here. So that is a significant movement, I think. And I don't think it's unwarranted. For no, and it's, 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 it's hard to say. I mean, with, with uh, Daniels going in there. And he's got familiarity using a, a big tight end in his offense when having Gronk there. So maybe things don't change. And obviously you're going to uh, scheme for your best players on your team. So that would be Waller and Renfro, you know, unless they bring in like a free agent uh, wide receiver or something that would open things up a little bit. I don't know, but I, he just just with the new coaching staff, I'd probably just drop him down a, a spot or two. Fair enough. What about you? Um. I'm a little bit more out on him, I think, than you are. Uh, from a ranking perspective, probably not, but from an actual like acquisition perspective in leagues, you know, he's he's not the bell of the ball, but I've always been cautious with him. I said it last year or the year before, whenever it was, I was worried he was going to be more Gary Barnage <laughs> than anything. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's disproved that already. Uh, I did see rumblings that the new OC was going to uh, try and emphasize more two tight end sets and mm-hmm. utilize that a little bit more oh foster moreau season yes yeah it's somebody's season i don't know if he can be trusted i had high <laughs> hopes for foster moreau he didn't we all go did. anything this year um but you know that would i think take away more looks than any other scheme change for mm-hmm. him actually is yeah he would still be the primary target of course but i think it would hurt his target share just a little bit so yeah i'm cautious with him mm-hmm and then we had Kittle as our number three, finish number four, solid there. This one kind of stung, stings a little bit. We had TJ Hawkinson at number four, finished points per game six, so not bad there. But again, injury, um, you know, knocked him down to 15th overall. So that that hurts there. But again, with injury, he was, you know, doing all the things we had hoped he would do uh, in the points per game category. So he probably would have finished right up there in the mix with the... Uh, other top tight end. So I don't feel too bad about that. The process was right. Let's put it that way. 
Very fair. Hey, one thing I want to call out because we are in the midst of tight end talks, and this chat comment is very relevant to that. So we just talked about a couple of these guys, right? Jason Thomas, shout out to Jason, mentioned in the chat previously about a trade that you two had, which we actually discussed on this show a couple, Mm -hmm. three weeks ago, I want to say. So listen into that one, Jason. But he says, in the same league that you guys made that trade, in the playoffs, he traded Waller and DeAndre Hopkins for Travis Kelsey and Christian Kirk. Here's what I'm curious about. Obviously, we know how it transpired there. But this year, which combo would you rather have? Waller and Hopkins, Kelsey and Kirk? Honest question. For this next upcoming season? Only for 2022 season. I would probably say, ooh, that's tough. Uh, If I'm going for overall points, I'd probably do Waller and Hopkins. I I do think Hopkins rebounds this year. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I don't think that Kelsey is as much of like a guarantee Mm, anymore. Even though at the very end of the season, he started looking like his old young self. Uh, I, I Yeah, it's tough. And obviously the difference between Hopkins and Kirk is drastic for me. So just curious. Mm -hmm. All right. And then our six or no, where are we? Five overall. I can read Uh, five overall. We had Kyle Pitts uh, finished (sighs) six, but 11th in points per game. Again, I think that's more of a function of other tight ends were getting injured. That's why he finished fifth overall. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what that offense looks like this next year. It's still so much of it comes down to Calvin Ridley, does it not? Mm-hmm. If Calvin Ridley comes back for next year, Matt Ryan is going to improve drastically. The entire offense should look a lot better, and there should be more opportunities for Pitts. And we don't have to worry about Ridley taking away things from Pitts mm-hmm. because that wasn't nothing existed to really be taken away from Kyle Pitts because red zone looks were not a thing for him. And that's the thing that should positively regress for him next year, you would hope. But we I don't know hope. if we can bank on it. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. And then coming in, our s- number six overall was Mark Andrews. Uh, finished number Ooh. one overall. That was a miss in 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 the right direction. I think, our again, our process was probably fairly spot on with it, having him at six, just outside that that elite group of, you know, the top three there. Uh, but who would have saw that he was going to get just force-fed targets this year and catch all those touchdowns? I mean, that was beautiful. Right. Well, and who knew that, of course, Lamar Jackson missing missing time would give him such a boost. Like the backup quarterbacks coming in and just dominating with the targets into Andrew's chest area isn't something that I expected to happen. Like he he doubled his target share, basically, while those guys were throwing the ball as opposed to Lamar there. So I do think that, you know, with. Without that, he probably would have been the the third or fourth guy. But mm-hmm. those games were fantastic that you got. Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably where I'll have him in that kind of three to four range. Probably four, if I had to make a guess right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, so I, th- I think we're right about in the same same wheelhouse there. Uh, we had Noah Fant, number seven, finished 12 overall. Bit of a miss there. But that whole offense was a bit of a miss and a mess. Bummer. Uh Friggin' bummer. Yeah, it's disappointing. Uh, it was interesting to see Albert O get some some run towards the end of the season. Does, do you take anything into that moving forward for next year? Do you see him being more involved with that offense? Or is Noah Fant just kind of, is he is what he is at this point? Like a fringe QB, or QB tight end one every year? He should Not, be better. Well, he should, but yeah. reality... I think the reality of this year is that the entire Denver receiving core is a miscue. 
and it's a question mark. Like every everything on that offense from that perspective, I, I don't know what to believe because it was the absolute worst case scenario. We talked about with Cortland, Cortland Sutton last week. It was his worst case scenario. We saw his floor play out mm-hmm. this last year. I think the same could still be true for Noah Fant. So yes, while his you know tight end compatriot there, Albert, is going to cut into some of his work, probably because he's a very good quality player in his own right. And he deserves some of those targets that he got. But I think everybody should take a step forward, provided that there is a significant change at quarterback. I saw that they did re-sign Teddy Bridgewater, which gives me some concern. Well, does it though? Yes. I mean, he could just be an insurance <laughs> backup at this point, you know. And he they could, could be. I think it was $28 million, though, that they gave him for two oh, years. Oh, really? And that's not a tiny bit. Yeah. You'll have to fact check that. But I'm pretty sure it was in that range. And that's more than just like a, you know, a vet insurance policy to me. It is. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I just, hmm, I did not see that. But that's that's interesting. But to that point, though, we talked about with Sutton last week. I think Fant is still a guy that you should be going out trying to acquire because, well, the bottom was was pretty bad, but mm-hmm. not that bad because he still finished as a tight end one this year. Right. All right. Next, the ageless wonder himself coming in at number eight, Gronk. We had uh, finished tight end three in points per game and seventh overall. Why oh. can't he just stop, Dustin? He's tormenting I- me. Every year. Uh, I think that's why he keeps playing is just for that reason right there. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to end up retiring now that Tom is gone. That was the only reason he came back. I'm sure Tampa Bay. So I think we can not safely say, but with a large level of confidence, say he'll be outside of our top 12 because he will not be playing next season. But say, say he does stick around. Just say he does Uh inside your top 12. Yeah, if he if he does, he'll be inside my top twelve no matter what. No matter who his right. QB is, no matter where he's playing for, he'll be in there. All right. Uh this next one hurts our soul as Packer fans. We had Big Bob Robert Tanyan as our consensus nine overall, and he got injured very early in the season and was basically non relevant for fantasy purposes. I believe he's a free agent after coming off of this uh ACL injury this year. Do you see him resigning with the team? And if so, if Rodgers leaves, how does that affect his game? Do you still see him as a uh, tight end one? Everything goes with the first domino in this situation. So a little bit similar to the Broncos, it's who is going to be at QB. So if Rodgers leaves, everything is going to change about the offense. There's going to be several key guys that are going to be gone. If Rodgers comes back, Tunyon could still be very useful, although I think we would be insane to rank him where we did this past mm-hmm. year. And we probably were insane anyways. And we were just homers about it, I'm sure. But, you know, even when he was out there and healthy, the, the great thing about him in 2020 was look at all them touchdowns and look at how much confidence Aaron Rodgers has in mm-hmm. him to hyper-target him. And then we didn't see that this year. And of course, everything went the way of Devonta Adams this year. So even if... Even if Rodgers is back, I'm not super thrilled with him. But if he's gone or he changes teams, I don't like it. Right. I don't like it. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I think he'll probably be one of those tight ends that is good for real fantasy football. Or, I mean, real football and not so much a fantasy-relevant player. Sure. So That's fair. All right. Coming in at number 10, we had Dallas Goddard finished at number 8. So I feel like we were pretty solid on that one. 
Coming in at 11 was Cole Komet, disappointed, finished in the 20s. And that offense was just a fucking train wreck this year. Uh, Nagy's gone. So hopefully there's better times for everybody on that offense. And, and Jimmy Graham better goddamn well be gone. He nope, had not gonna better happen. leave and leave quickly. I don't want any uh, lingering news about Jimmy. Jimmy might not hang it up yet. He might be back next year. No, I won't accept that. We need to clear the path. Yeah, I hope so, just for all the other tight ends on that team, but especially for for Cole. Um, I'm expecting better things this year, so uh, we'll see what happens there. And then rounding out our top 12, we had Logan Thomas. uh, Injury, again, derailed his season, so not much to say there. I feel like, again, process, we probably would have been right. He probably would have finished in that fringe tight end one area had he stayed healthy, especially with just the, you know, Heineke being the, the quarterback there. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Oh, hey, I want to pause real quick in the midst of this. Jason, our our reporter in the field in the chat, over the cap still says that Teddy is a free agent. So that might okay. not have been uh, a full blown contract that he actually signed. That could have just been a rumor of that happening. Right. So well, fair enough. I appreciate you pointing that out, Jason. So we uh, still a lot at play there. Yeah, but definitely something to keep an eye on. That I mean, even if that's a rumor, that's coming from somewhere. So right. chances are maybe a contract's being offered or they're in negotiations. But yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on because that would, if they keep him, that just keeps a damper on the rest of that offense going into next season, <laughs> if that's who they're rolling with. Hopefully I just got onioned, Dustin. That would be the the preference here, is that I it was all so just a, a wonderful onion story that doesn't have any merit, but what? I hope so too. All right, so we rounded out our top 12 here. Let's let's pick and choose some of these other tight ends that uh, we want to chat about here. I know who I, I want to talk about, Dustin. I know who I want to talk about. Okay, you start, Jake. I'll let you start. And I know who you don't want to talk about. Janu Smith. <laughs> we had Janu Smith coming in. And actually, I was higher on him this time around than you were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he signs with the Patriots, along with Hunter Henry, along with Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. And Patriots were just throwing money at people. And so Janu Smith, though, was the first uh, peg to sort of fall. Mm-hmm. Right? He was the first one to actually get the contract. And it was a big, juicy contract. And Bill Belichick says, we have plans for this guy. He's the best talent I've seen in ever. And then I rank him as my 12, you at 19. Collectively, we have him as our tight end 15. And he finishes tight end 43. What the actual fuck, Dustin? What's yeah. going on? Yeah, turns out Hunter Henry was the the better athlete and better uh, receiver on that team. So, uh, who finished? Hunter Henry, we had ranked at 18. Close. And close. finished 14. Yeah, so we were close there. But I still don't feel good about taking a victory for that one because I was pretty out on him. Uh, yeah, that... And I'm just going to be out on all those tight ends over So, Hunter Henry doesn't with. earn your love after, after no. this year either. He was buoyed a lot by touchdowns. Uh, he had a lot of, you know, the short red zone targets there where he got a shit ton of touchdowns. So I don't know that that's something we can count on sustaining that for next season. So his, his yardage was was not that impressive. Janu got more yards, but Hunter Henry was the red zone target, which doesn't make a lot of sense. I figured it would have been flipped with just their athletic profiles. You know so. what I expected in a way was like I expected half of what we got out of Debo Samuel from Johnny Smith. Mm-hmm. In terms of utilization, I thought that's what we were getting. And the fact that we 
it feels like we were lied to a little mm-hmm. bit by Bill Belichick in that way, which we should have expected. I remember he fumbled his one rushing opportunity in week one, and it felt like that was the death nail for yep. him. And his well, season. with Bill, of course it is. Yeah. So All right. So next, this is kind of a tandem one that I want to talk about here. It's the Dallas tight ends. So Dalton Schultz uh, ended as the tight end five in points per game, three overall. We had him ranked 36. But we we had Blake Jarwin, his teammate, ranked 13, who, again, got injured this year, so didn't really play. I mean, like, the two passes he caught were amazing. But um, how do you see this tight end field working out for Dallas next year? It feels like they're both a trap still. And I borderline felt that way this year. I mean, that's why Blake wasn't even in, inside our top 12, is because... Can, how many people can Dak Prescott make relevant for a long stretch consistently? I think mm-hmm. was the question. And then Michael Gallup basically supplanted uh, any hope for, I thought, a legitimate tight end. But then Blake Jarwin goes down. Dalton Schultz has this massive season. And then everybody else was kind of lackluster. Like even C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, from what expectations were, they finished worse. Dalton Schultz has a much better season than anybody thought. But it's like, well, is that going to sustain for next year? Couldn't it very well flip-flop and then the two receivers that everybody expected to uh, succeed do? And the tight ends maybe take a step back. I don't think it's an offensive scheme thing that was keeping Dalton Schultz in there. I think Dalton Schultz looked better, though, than I ever thought he could. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Am I, am I being blind here by just maybe having my prejudices from previous years held against him? Probably. I don't know. But I don't think Dalton Schultz is going to be the guy next year. I don't think Blake Jarwin's going to be a guy. I think you should trade Schultz. All right. How, how about the new tight end darling, Dawson Knox? I fucking love Dawson Knox. <laughs> so finished finished nine overall. We had him as as uh, our 23rd overall. Had a very impressive season. A lot of touchdowns this year. I feel like his role is pretty well cemented now for, for Buffalo. Uh, he managed to stay healthy for the season, which is, was kind of the knock on him going into it. We'd all wait. We were just waiting for him to be healthy because uh, he had this great athletic profile. I am a total buy for this guy. Like if I if I can acquire Ooh. him this off season, I, I don't know really if that's like how him. you meant it, but I kind of hope it is how you meant it when you said that. By the way, oh, it's totally how I meant it. Okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, but now I do think that yeah, he's a guy I'd trade for absolutely. Because you don't think that it was just a byproduct of you know touchdowns like it was with some of these other guys. Like you don't think it's a Robert Tunyon experience? For no. Him. And especially if you could buy him now with the Gabe Davis hype. I mean, that that I think is is a move you should try to make right now and just use that. Well, Gabe Davis, you know, he's going to be an integral part of this offense next season. Look what they did in the playoffs with him and, and try to, you know, lower that price a little bit for him. I, I think that'd be a smart move. Yeah, it might be tough with Emmanuel Sanders already obviously on the way out. And people might just think, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. That, well, with him out, you know, there's no reason for Knox's share to, to go away or to go down. True. And I think that is fair because uh, he looks so valuable. You know how some guys like it's like, well, by default, they got the ball. It never felt mm-hmm. like Knox got the ball by default. It felt like it was very intentional. Mm-hmm. And so it does give me a lot more hope than with some of these other guys. So I, I, I dig that. So okay. t- e- easy top 10 for you next year. 
Um, he'll probably be right around that top 10. Yeah, I can't say easy top 10, but he'll he'll be, you know, 10 to 12, probably all said and done. Interesting. Can we can we make our first ever 2022 beer bet here? Sure, if you want to. I kind of do. A, because I want to start just getting them on the books, because you know how much I love our beer bets. Uh, okay. I am confident already that Dawson Knox will be a top eight tight end in 2022 in PPR. Top eight? Mm-hmm. Easily. So will you, so uh, I, I know that was the right, you gave a range there that mm-hmm. you felt comfortable with. So is he outside of the top eight? I'll take that. Okay. I'll take it. I what the love hell? it. I, I mean, I think, that, we got I think that's a pretty good line there as yeah. eight. Cause that's right. Like you said, it's right in my close to where I was saying. So, um, I mean, just because where I have them ranked doesn't necessarily where I think, I mean, sure. you know, but yeah, I'll take that. I, I like that line. I think eight is good. Uh, I'll take it. I love it. And as we talked about last week, we we're being better about having tiers and try right. to obviously make sure that, yeah, we draw hard lines for these bets because it's fun. But in the grand scheme of things, things are closer sometimes than they, than mm-hmm. they appear. Okay, Jake, give us one more tight end here to talk about uh, before we move on to our Super Bowl DFS spectacular. I want to do one more tandem. It's Eric Ebron and Pat Fryermoke. So the Pittsburgh tight ends. Uh, weird. We had Eric Ebron ranked as tight end 24. He finished tight end 45. Pat Fryermuth, rookie, who we were eh, ambivalent about, to say the least. He was our tight end 34, finished as tight end 16 in points per game. Going forward, of course, I want to focus on Pat. I want to focus on Fryermuth here. Do you think that he is going to make that jump that his expectations should be what we had for Kyle Pitts? Going into year two, or are you not quite that high? Absolutely. I, I think the ceiling for Fryermuth is incredible. Um, and I just pulled up spell track here for Eric Ebron. Um, he will be 29, uh, and he's only got uh, $3.9 million dead cap hit, um, which is his entire cap hit. So, I mean, they, they can get out from underneath him if, if they want. I, I, don't, I don't know that they would necessarily want to, but I'm just saying it's not cost prohibitive for the Steelers to get rid of him if they want to. But I think Firemuth will be the number one option for tight end in that offense. And I do expect him to take a, a jump forward this game. So this game, this season. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster should be on his way out. Maybe they work something maybe. to bring him back. It seems very possible that he could leave as well. So another but short I mean, area guy. Yeah, he. I mean, he legitimately looks like a, a tight end that's been playing in the league for years, as opposed to being a rookie this year. Like he, he looked, he looked the part. Uh, he's only going to get better as he uh, becomes more comfortable in the league. So uh, wheels up for the Muth. I, I really think you should try to go out and buy him if you can. Agreed. He just looks so comfortable out there. Mm-hmm. You love to see that in the first year. Apps a smurfly. <laughs> All right, Dustin. Well, let's do it. Let's move on to our next segment. And I'm going to play the draft this time because I'm so Ooh-hoo. proud of it and I love it so much. Here we go. Gonna play DFS. Gonna play DFS. Yeah, we're gonna play DFS. Gonna play DFS now. Huh? How'd you get the boss to step in and? He owed me a favor. 
He owed me a favor. Uh, I know some stuff. Don't worry about it. That's incredible. I'm jealous. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to do one for sure. Possibly two. We'll, mm-hmm. uh, I think we're going to start off here with our um, underdog fantasy. Right. And so we've got our picks. Looks like we've got a special line. I love oh, it. Is, is now it it's grayed ready? out. I don't know what that. I don't know what that means when it's grayed out like that. I'm not. No, let me expert. let me refresh the screen here. All right. Okay. Oh, so there we go. We, we'll we'll take the over for one passing yard. I yeah, think. Joe Burrow one passing yard. I think we can handle that. Yep. You know, I love underdog does this for most weeks where they give you just a freebie. We took it yeah, with the, er, the early special. Yeah, I think you got to get in early because when uh, going back to that one with a Niners game with Debo, that was not available come Saturday morning. So I think this is an early bird special. You want to get in on it. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll take that. We'll take that smash there. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm curious right out the gate. They have so many good ones for Matt Stafford. So here's one I haven't seen before. Longest Mm -hmm. completion, 39 Mm -hmm. and a half yards. I've not seen that previously for other quarterbacks. Maybe I wasn't looking hard enough. Is that one that, to me, that seems like a smash over because of the guys that he's throwing to? Right. I mean, Van Jefferson by himself, That's if he's going to get a catch, it feels like it's going to be 40 yards. And then you've got Cooper Cup just doing man things. Cooper Cup things. And I, I mean, know. you still have OBJ. I mean, yeah, I like that. Let's put it in there. We can always take it off if we find a juicier uh, line here we want to do. So I'll, I'll throw that in there. So you got some Cam Akers. Here's my question about Cam Akers for you, because I think he is a really good person to target in these props. It seems like Daryl Henderson could be, come back and, and play in the Super Bowl. So Ooh, him, Henderson, gross. and Sony Michelle now all mm-hmm. sharing the backfield. Who knows who they'll actually lean on? Maybe they will let Akers run, but I'd be a little more hesitant about his and maybe mm-hmm. taking the under on some of his. Maybe like this 83 and a half Russian receptions. Russian receiving yards, yeah, I, I might be uh, down to that. Or the sixty-three and a half rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Pooh, one of those feels like I want to take the under on it. I don't know. I'm maybe with the Let's receiving wait and see. yards. Okay, okay. Let's wait and see. Couple for Sony. Uh, they're not expecting much out of him this game. Eighteen and a half rushing yards, seven and a half yards for longest run. Uh, we got some. Yeah, we got some Cooper Cup action. The yardage for Cooper Cup. Dare we? Dare we spit in the face of Cooper Cup and ignore 107 and a half receiving yards, which obviously these lines are set for a reason. Mm-hmm. But if you have any confidence in this team, you should have a lot of confidence in that over still. In mm-hmm. this game. I know it's an insane over. I get it. But the dude is just so unstoppable. He's so good right now. Hansel, so hot right now. God. Longest reception, Van Jefferson. Can we can we point out that one real quick? So Mm -hmm. 18 and a half yards, longest reception. We just talked about the 39 and a half yard over for that Matt Stafford Mm -hmm. completion. Again, if Van Jefferson is gonna catch a ball, it feels like it's going it's a given that it's at least that long. Mm -hmm. So one could rationally assume one catch for Van Jefferson gives you incredibly high odds at this over. Do you feel throw it on there? Yeah, let's throw it on there. Joe Burrow, we've already got our one Joe Burrow one, so we can't do another one. Although it is interesting to see some of these lines on here. Uh, but we, we've got our, our smash one there, so we won't even bother. Uh, Joe Mixon, got lots of options here for Joe. I always fall in love with, uh, only for him in particular, 
if they give you the half rushing plus receiving touchdown, mm-hmm. I'm always interested in taking the over for him to get a touchdown in some way. You know what, though? He let me down in, in the last game when I when I did the over-under for this. He did not hit that. Okay. So uh, I'm a little nervous. Smash a P. Ryan. I don't feel comfortable doing anything no. with that guy. God, no. All right. Uh, Jamar Chase. Here's where we have to shift some focus to. Mm-hmm. Is this a Jamar Chase game? Is this a T. Higgins game? And does does the lines reflect the possibility that it could be one or the other? That's what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. So half. Do we expect him to get a touchdown, Jamar Chase? That could be a very easy one if we just want to bank on. They're mm-hmm. going to have to throw a lot against this Rams team. Seems very reasonable to suspect that he would be the guy uh, to catch that long touchdown. Mm-hmm. It is, I feel like that one's pretty safe. I would I would take that. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. And we got one more? We got we got one more. Because we want to hit the 20 times payout. That's here. right. That's the whole deal. We want to stack these bad boys up. So um, any any others that really intrigued you? I know uh, you had said the Cooper Cup one was pretty intriguing. This Joe Mixon one, uh, the uh, touchdown line was intriguing for you. Any yeah, that you I, feel real bullish about? Well, I I do want to call out this one for Joe Mixon. That is the rushing plus receiving yardage line of 92 and a half. Mm-hmm. If you recall, Dustin, I think the first one that we ever did for underdog, it was a very similar line. We ended up taking the over because of the receiving yards buffer there, which if this was a pure rushing yards thing, I would never take this. I would never even come close to touching this for Mixon. But those receiving yards look pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Or there's a 28 and a half pure receiving yards for Mixon. Right. And that's what Do, I and, and he's got 63 and a half rushing yards. So that gives us, what, 892 yards. I mean, so the line is pretty similar between the two mm-hmm. as you would expect it to be. I'm, I don't know why I'm so much more hesitant to just take the pure rushing yards with him. I always am. And it's not like he always delivers on the receiving yards either. It's just I feel really nice having that buffer for some reason. Right. And and if, if we're going to think that this Rams defense could potentially run roughshod over that offensive line, Burrow's going to be needing to get rid of the ball fairly quickly. Absolutely. Which you would think would go to Joe Burrow. I mean, to Joe Mixon. Too many Joes. Why you guys got so many Joes on your team? So it comes down to the Cooper Cup, 107.5 receiving yards, or the Joe Mixon, 92.5 rush and receiving. Here's what I don't like. I don't like the idea that this bet could hedge on Joe Mixon for us. (laughs) That really makes me nervous because if we lose because of Joe, we're just going to have that much more vitriol loaded in the chamber for him. And I don't know that I want that. It's too exhausting, mm-hmm. you know. Is there is there any other one that you're comfortable with? Again, the Cam Akers one, we could circle back to as well. If you have any thoughts about taking an under on Cam Akers, we could supplant him in there. I don't know if there's a Tyler Boyd option here that you're interested in. Well, let's see. There's 17 and a half yards for the longest reception or 39 and a half total yards. I don't know how I feel about that one. Um, no confidence there. Yeah, the T. Higgins, that five and a half is interesting, but and I, I would want to take the over, but I'm not super confident on that either. Uh, what were your Cam Akers? Yeah, the Cam, Aker, the Cam Akers ones, whether uh, the it's rushing the rushing yards receiving. or the rushing receiving, I would be curious on taking the under on one of those. Oh, the rushing or this one here, the rushing and receiving? 
either or. I think both of them are actually very safe bets to take the under. So I'd be comfortable doing it for either. Even Which assuming one? that the Rams have a, a fairly good lead on this game. Like I said, if we're doing a narrative and we're projecting a semi-blowout, even with mm-hmm. that, there's no reason for them to put this guy in further danger if the game is salted away. And they right. can lean on Sony Michelle, lean on Daryl Henderson. So which one do you want, Jake? I kind of want the rushing yards pure under. All right, let's do it. And we feel it. comfortable with this? You, yeah. you look, you want to do a quick recap for the people listening? Yes, we got Joe Burrow with the, the one passing yards, and we smashed the over on that one. Uh, we got Matthew Stafford with 39.5 for the longest completion, took the over. We took the over for Van Jefferson, um, who will be taking that 39.5-plus uh, completion from Matthew Stafford. We got Jamar Chase with over a half a receiving touchdown, and then the under for Cam Akers for the 63.5 rush yards. Good? Feel confident? I like yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. Submit. We right. roll. Beautiful. What a beautiful thing we've done here. It is. Do you want to do another one? Or you, you know, feel that's good. Let's let's do uh let's do a different style one here. I'm All gonna right. bring up uh monkey knife fight. So just because for the sake of enjoyment, you know, on the Super Bowl Sunday, let's have more action going into this. Uh, more action. As much action better. as possible. Right. So let's take a look here and we can do here is What's nice about splitting platforms is they have some different style ones on Monkey Knife, right? So they have the touchdown dance, and that is, again, you get three players that you can add. Pick how many touchdowns you expect to be scored, and as long as those three players add up to the touchdown total, you're good. Uh, there's a sack attack thing, which I just like saying. That's trying to pick how many sacks there will be. That's something I normally avoid. For this game, that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about the vaunted defense for the Rams against that awful offensive line. Mm-hmm. Do you even at least want to take a peek just to see what it says? Sure, take a peek see. Let's just take a peek see here. So the uh, the line says for up, up to you to set. And then, of course, you get uh, a higher payout based on it. You could do a three and a half sack total and literally just load up Aaron Donald. And Von Miller. Uh, and Von or uh, Leonard Floyd and Von Miller just go literally all Rams. And take the low... Oh, you have to choose from two teams. That's how they get you. We can't go all in on the Rams. We would have to pick somebody to get a sack on Stafford. I don't know if I'm interested in that anymore. Um, What do you say we do a touchdown dance for this one? I always love doing those. So, obviously can't choose quarterbacks here. But, who is your most... Let's start with you with number one. Who's your most likely guy if anybody here was going to get two touchdowns? To get two touchdowns? Yeah, I like to start on that hypothetical. Cooper Cup, Joe Mixon. It would probably be either Cooper Cup or Chase. Yeah. Probably Cooper Cup. Yeah. I can't, I, I like, obviously, I could never set this without Cooper Cup in there. It would feel Mm -hmm. gross. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's bad, it's bad karma. So I'm not going to do that. I love that. And I think that we should just load Jamar Chase in there Mm -hmm. as an auto as well. So this is where it gets interesting. So we only have three. We have Cup and Chase locked in. Now, we could go, hey, Van Jefferson, he's going to catch that long pass. That's going to be a touchdown. You know, it's going to be a 40-yard touchdown pass. Or we could go with the safe, the safety measure of maybe it's not a Jamar Chase. Maybe it's a T. Higgins game. Mm-hmm. And you could put them both in there. And I feel pretty good about it, actually. Or let me ask you this. 
If you had to pick between T. Higgins and Joe Mixon, I know he burned you, and we just talked about that. He burned you last time with even getting one touchdown. What is your confidence level with him this time? That's so hard to say. I mean, not very good, I guess. If you you pin me to it, I'm going to say not very good. I don't have a super high confidence for Joe Mixon for this game. Then I say we stay away. Uh, Look, he wasn't going to affect our last bet. He's not going to affect this one either. There you go. (laughs) He's going to stay away from it. What do you think about T. Higgins? Do you think it's it's practical to just go ahead and roll with him? Do you want to take one of the Rams running backs in case they do get that insane, you know, over, in case they really get a buffer going? Oof. I don't feel confident about any of these. That sucks. Um... <laughs> Maybe I should rely on you for this third person that you have no confidence. Not a single player that you're smitten with here that... Who is most likely out of this remaining group from a narrative standpoint? Probably Higgins. um, Or I could see uh, OBJ. Those would be the two I would go with. Yeah, OBJ is a really interesting one here, too. Um, I know I talked about the Van Jefferson long bomb, which, again, still very in play, I think. Mm -hmm. But Odell Beckham could have a two-touchdown game here as well. And I think that's very much on the table. Boy, I don't know. It's 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 tough here. I'm torn between Odell and T. Higgins. I think either way that we play it, we're going to be sad because the other person is going to score like two touchdowns, if I'm being honest here. But I'm going to err on the side of the Rams doing what I projected them to do, which is beating up on the Bengals a little bit. And let's go with both Cup and Beckham. Let's say they both okay. score a touchdown. And then, you know what? Jamar Chase gets one too. Oh, and it didn't save. Hold on. Let me reload that. <laughs> Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase. I have to scroll down. There we go. Select. All right. Now, the line could be two and a half touchdowns, three and a half touchdowns, four and a half touchdowns. I'm never a psychopath enough to choose four and a half touchdowns out there, but I believe you have in the past. I have. Just because it's fun. I won't be that guy. I can't be that guy. I'm very comfortable with three and a half, though. All right. Let's do it. Let's do three and a half. Let's put five on that one and uh, have some fun here this Super Bowl weekend. I love it. it. That was great. I feel good. I feel good about that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. This is it, though. Last football game and the the offseason truly begins after this Sunday. You know, a long fucking time until there's real football again. So go out and enjoy it. Spend time with your fantasy football loved ones uh, on this Sunday, this last day uh, of, of, of football feasting, because that's all we get. That's all we get. Yes, we get the draft. Yes, we get some free agency. But that's very intermittent uh, football from now until July when training camps start. So enjoy it while Savor you can, it. folks. That's Store right. it in your cheeks like a squirrel for the winter. Just that's right. every morsel. That's right. Anything else to add here, Jake, before we sign off this evening? No, I'm just excited. Let's 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 go, Bengals. <laughs> that's right. Oop, oop. I know what I'm Whoop. doing. Uh, so, yeah, let's go, Bengals. I love that. Um for my co-host, find him at Jake Trowbridge. You can find me at FF Dusty Dog. Hit us up on our podcast Twitter handle at Drinking Fantasy. We're here to answer all of your off-season questions, uh, fantasy football related or not. We'll, we'll answer any question. We don't care. Hit us up. Subscribe. Hit us up on uh, the old YouTube. Ring the bell. It'll notify you when we go live every week, which if you want to see our beautiful faces and not just hear our sultry voices, you can choose yeah. to do that. But please go out, give us a rate and review wherever you uh, subscribe to your podcast. We really do appreciate it. And tell your friends about us. And until next week, keep drinking and talking fantasy football.
Cheers, that peppers. Wait, wait, where's the outro? There it is. <laughs>